0: Heavenly Father, we thank thee tonight for thy mercies and goodness to us. And now may thy spirit dwell with us deeply tonight, pourst out a rich blessing out of heaven, that when we leave here may we go with a joyful heart. Tomorrow's a Sabbath. The schools will be open around the land at daylight dawns in the morning. Pastors will be taking their places, teachers at their places, God give this California real shaking of old-fashioned Holy Ghost, meeting tomorrow, all over, everywhere. Get glory, Father. Heal the sick tonight and the afflicted. Bless us together. Save all the sinners and call back the backsliders, for we ask that in Jesus' name, amen. Be seated, if you will. And the Lord bless you. I wish to read just a portion of Scripture. I'm going to ask my dear brother, Egbert. If he will sing for me after I read this portion of Scripture. Found in the book of uh, Romans, the fourth chapter, beginning with the sixteenth verse. Therefore, it is a faith that might be by grace to the end that the promise might be sure to all, the seed, not to only that which is of the law, but that which also is the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, before him whom he believed, even God, who quicketh the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he was promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore it was imputed unto him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offense and was raised again for our justification. May the Lord add his blessings to the reading of the word. And brother... There's many men that has voice like that sings out in hillbillies and things, but not that voice. It's dedicated to God. I'm thanking God for it. For that wonderful man of God. To you who know the secret of what I know. Did you watch him how he walked here and walked back? That was different from Chicago, wasn't it? <laughs> well, we thank the good Lord tonight for all he has done for us. For his mercies endures forever and ever. His praises unto to all ages. And now, tomorrow is our closing service, tomorrow afternoon, noon, 2.30, and now, I believe Brother Woods, if you'll see Billy Paul, if he hasn't already seen you, and by the way, tonight is the last of books, of uh, the pictures. We do not sell on Sunday. We don't believe in it. So we... Um, There'll be Brother Woods will be leaving tonight immediately after the service. If you care for books for the Christmas present from someone or something, pick them up at the stand. And then tomorrow, each one of you visitors here now, there's several fine, full gospel churches cooperating here in this meeting, and we trust that you will find you a place to go tomorrow. Some of them good churches that help us in the meeting. And you go to that church and rejoice. We're closing up. We don't have a morning service or a night service. We're just having an afternoon service so we won't interfere with any of the churches. That's the way we like to do that, to cooperate with every move of God that we can. We can have an afternoon just as well as any other time. That, that's everybody that wants to come, to come tomorrow afternoon, 2.30, the Lord willing. We want to. If God will give me strength, I'll stay here all night. or pray for everybody that comes and wants to be prayed for. That's right. I want to start early so I can have a chance to pray for every person that wants to be prayed for. Hold your cards that you've got this week. They are good. And we give you a card, we're obligated to pray for you. And we're going to do it. God is helping us. Tomorrow afternoon, bring in all the sick and afflicted that you can. Get on the telephone tomorrow and get your neighbors, the sinners that doesn't know God, and bring them out. And I'll be ready. Or the Holy Spirit, usually on the last day, there's just about twice as much healing as went on all through the whole campaign, because it's that, that strain. And people know that if they're going to have faith, they've got to have it right now. And that's when you see the miracles take place, as usually at the last service. We hope it'll be even tonight, that it will be. Don't have to wait till tomorrow. It's already right now, if you'll just believe it right now. Now, for just a portion of Scripture here. The Lord willing, um, I wouldn't take the time to even speak, and it's late is what it is, but I thought maybe for a few moments, if you would just give me the opportunity. Next time coming back to California, God willing, I want to take a little more time so I can stay a little longer, and you maybe if you can put up with it, I'll preach just a little bit when I come back. And uh, so I'll uh, (laughs) thank you. that's either you love me a whole lot, or you got a lot of grace. One, <laughs> thank you. I uh, wish to read just a little portion out of Genesis. I like Genesis, and the twelfth chapter of Genesis. We read the first three verses like this: Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee, and multiply thee, and thy name, and thou shalt be blessed. And I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse him that cursed thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. What a promise. Now, in dealing with the Pentecostal people, and if God willing, when coming back, I have found the weak spot of Pentecostal people, by God's help. That is, you're scared. That's true. You're just as scared to take God at his word, and you don't know who you are. See? If you only realized what position you are in heaven tonight, there'd be something to take place here. Mm-hmm. See? The thing of it is, many of the people are trying to put these blessings off in a millennium somewhere. The Bible said, now you are the sons of God. Not you will be, you are right now. Right now we are sons of God. Right now we're seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Not tomorrow, this night, tonight. When you can think now that you are studying by a son of God or a daughter of God, and you are the same as they are, and Christ Jesus is tabernacled in you here on the earth, showing his great manifestations of his blessings and power, willing that every one should be saved, every one should be healed, none should perish. I tell you, if you could really fathom that in your mind, I tell you, you wouldn't have to have any prayer for the sick. It would all be over. But if you you have to you have to see it first. If you can't see it, you certainly can't understand it. Now, the word "see" doesn't mean to look at. The word "see" means to understand. That's right. Like Jesus said to Nicodemus, "Except a man be born again." He cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Now, I means mean, you've looked at a lot of things and say, I just don't see it. That means understand it. You can't understand it until you're born again. When you're born again, you realize what makes these people act like this things. You have to accept it yourself and have it personal experience. Now, I want to speak for a few moments upon who we are, why we are, what we are. Who we are and why we are and what we are. I would title it for if I call it a text I haven't got time to use it in that way, but if I would call it that would be the unconditional covenant that God made with the people. Now, if you'll give me your undivided attention just for a few moments, and I will see what the Holy Spirit will pick out of this text for me as I turn to it coming down the road just a while ago. And I I want to speak of the unconditional covenant God gave to man. Man has always tried to find a way to save himself. He's tried to make himself a religion, work out his own salvation, and try to save himself. It's the nature of a man to do that. And in the Garden of Eden, as soon as the man realized that he had sinned, and instead of him running up and down the the street or the paradise there saying, Father, Father, where are you? He was hiding, and it was God running up and down the way, hollering, Adam, Adam, where art thou? See the nature of man? Instead of coming out and confessing in the open and being sincere about it and saying, God has sinned and forgive me, he'll run and hide behind something. And the one thing Adam did, which is a great strain, on man, he made himself a homemade religion. Now, we know the word religion means a covering. And Adam, instead of saying, God, cover me, he made himself some aprons out of fig leaves, he and Eve. And they worked all right as long as God wasn't around. But when they come in the presence of God, they realize that their fig leaf religion wouldn't work. And, brother, there's so much of that today that I'm afraid that you're going to find the same thing when God comes again. That homemade fig leaf religion won't stand in the presence of God. God had to make a covering for them. Now. If you'll notice what caused this great thing in the beginning, God took man for a partner, and he made a covenant with a man, equal, and told a man, if thou shalt do this and not do this. And the man broke his covenant, and he always breaks his covenant. Man just can't keep his promise, that's all. There's only one can keep his promise, that's God. Man cannot. He breaks his covenant every time with God. But right in Eden, watch God. He said, I, I, the personal pronoun, I will put enmity. Not if you'll do a certain thing, I'll send a Redeemer. But I will put enmity between uh, her seed and the serpent's seed and so forth. I will do that. Not on any conditions that Adam had to do, but he said he would do it sovereignly. And now, how God has always made his covenant. And when he made it with the man, the greatest mistake that Israel ever made was in Exodus, the 19th chapter, when grace had already provided a Savior, it had already provided a deliverer, it had already provided an atonement, a shed blood, and Israel said, don't let God speak, let Moses speak. They wanted a law or commandments or something, that they could do themselves. You see the nature of man? Trying to find something to do himself towards merit salvation. Now, see what the grace of God had already done? Sent Moses, a deliverer, and sent an atonement, a shed blood, sacrifice, a medium between God and man. And after the grace that did all this, then still the children of Israel wanted something to do. To merit your salvation. Isn't that just like the people today? You want to keep Sabbath days, quit eating meat and doing something. You want to do something to merit your salvation? Well, it's just as free as free can be. That's right. I hear people say, oh, praise God, I sought God day and night. No, you never. There never was a man sought God. God seeks man, not man seeking God. Oh, you say, Preacher, I did. No, you never. Jesus said, No man can come to me except my Father draws him first. See, you don't seek God. God seeks you. It's always the seeker, God seeking the lost, not the lost seeking God. You couldn't have nothing to do with it. You're not saved tonight on any merits of your own or anything. You're saved because God's sovereign grace called you to Jesus Christ. The only way... It ain't whether you keep Sabbath days or new moons or whether you eat meat or don't eat meat, whether you do this or do that, you're saved by grace and grace alone. The only thing. Now, when you can get that in your mind, settle down that it's nothing you can do about it, you'll find out the same thing works by healing. If God will help me in a few moments, I'll show you that healing is on the same basis. That's right. It's uh, God's uh, unconditional covenant. Not what you can do for him. Someone said, Brother Branham, when you was all those eight months that time, almost to a breakdown, did you keep your religion? I said, No, sir. My religion kept me. <laughs> That's it. I can't. It isn't whether I hang on or not. It isn't whether I hold out. It's whether he holds out or not. Whether he held out. It's nothing I can do. It's what he has done for me. What Christ done for me and God. That's the reason I'm saved tonight. Yes, sir. Not what I could do. Not by good works are we saved, but by His mercy. God has saved us in Christ unconditionally. We were Gentiles, alienated from God, cut off without hope, without mercy. Christ, in His sovereign grace, died in our stead, taken our place. So it's not nothing we done, nothing we could boast in. Paul said God forbid that He had both saved the cross of Jesus Christ. That's right. And Christ, He boasted. Now... After the interludian destruction, the wiping off of the world, God started the people out again. In in Genesis, we find a man by the name of Abraham, the son of, of I forget what his father's name, Haram, that came down probably from Babylon, idol worshiper, came down in the valleys in the, of Shanghai, dwelled in the land of Chaldea, the city of Urrah. He was married to his half-sister, Sarah, and as they came down in this land and all the peoples there was everywhere, Abraham wasn't any better than anyone else. But God, by sovereign grace and election, called Abraham according to election. That's it. No thing said that Abraham was any better. Don't even say he was a believer in the beginning. But God, with, un, with his unmarried uh, grace, Abraham was saved. And not only was he saved, but when God called Abraham, he saved him and gave him his covenant unconditionally. Never He didn't say, Abraham, now, if you'll do a, a certain thing. He said, I have. I. Ye shall. I have. Notice it. You will come to me in an old age in peace right now. Seventy-something years before it happened, God said, I've already saved you. And not only you, but your seed after you. When you get to thinking of that, without any merits, without anything, God's covenant was unconditional to Abraham. God told him he saved him. And not only Abraham, but his seed also. And Abraham, being 75 years old, and Sarah, 65 years old, 40, 50, 60, 25 years past menopause, lived with her since she was a young lady they were married, and it was not fertile. And God told Abraham that you're going to have a child by Sarah. The impossible. And Abraham believed God. No matter how impossible it seemed, he believed God. And it was imputed unto him for righteousness. Could you imagine an old man going around yet, 75 years old, his wife 65, saying, glory to God, we're going to have a baby. While the, while the doctors of the day would have said the old man just a little bit off at his head, truly any man that will believe God considered a little off at his head. You are according to the world, but you're gloriously saved in Jesus Christ well I can see Abraham get up a few mornings later after God gave him promise that how you feel, sir. No different. Just the same, but praise God we're going to have it anyhow. Went out and bought up the pins and the bird eye, Everything get ready for it. He made ready. Are you making ready tonight to get out of them wheelchairs, cocks, stretchers and everything? Get out of here? God's promised it, if you believe it. Now, months passed. Every day I could see him say, Sarah, how you feel? No different, but glory to God, we're going to have it anyhow. Why? God said so. Twenty-five years passed and Abraham was still giving God praise for the baby. More impossible, instead of growing weak, he grown strong. For it was a greater miracle all the time. Longer it waited, more of a miracle it was. What a marvelous faith. Now you're the seed of Abraham if you be dead in Christ. Oh, I just love that. Nothing you can do, My, how God has made that plain, not by anything that you can do, only what God has said for you in Christ. Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. The law of redemption. Anyone knows that, what the law of redemption. I hear some of you, Now, my Armenian brethren, I don't aim to rub this in, but this may pinch just a little bit, but I love you, see. All right, notice, not nothing you can do, you might live good all your life and you go to hell. It's by the grace of God that you're saved. That's right, what God has did for you. Notice, the law of redemption. The innocent for the guilty. What if a little, back there, the laws of redemption. What if a little old um, colt was born some night, a little mule. And that little mule was born with both ears hanging down. Now, if anybody knows anything about mule, that's an awful mule. The mule with his ears hanging down is no good. And he's cross-eyed. He's not knees. His tail sticks right up. What a horrible-looking creature. Well, that poor little old mule could look in a mirror and had intelligence. He'd say, Oh, my. Wait till they come out and see me. I haven't even got a chance. Look what a horrible-looking thing I am. But if his mammy know anything about redemption, she'd say, Wait a minute, honey. You failed to understand. They're not going to kill you. They're not going to even look at you. But uh, you are born with a birthright. You're my first. You have a birthright. But the priest is never going to see you. He's not going to have to examine you. But a perfect lamb has to die in your place. My. Then the little mule could get out there and kick up his heels and have a big time. Why? He ain't going to die. He ain't going to have to be looked at. A perfect lamb has to die in his place. That's it. It's not what I am, who I am. It's the perfection of Jesus Christ and God that died in my place to make me what I am. It isn't whether I can stand, I can't. It's whether he stood in my place. Amen. Brother, that would make a Baptist shout. Yes, sir. There's something about it that's real. I believe in shouting. Amen. I believe in old-fashioned religion. That's what's the matter today. They say your religion is too much emotion. I can prove to you, scientific, anything that hasn't got emotion is dead. So if your religion hasn't got a little emotion, you better bury it. (laughs) That's right. Or it's dead. Right. Yes, sir. If a baby's born and it doesn't cry or do something, the baby's dead we got too many dead-born babies in the church tonight. So what's the matter with the church? It just doesn't understand it. it hasn't never come to life. You know what they do with a little baby when it's born? I've been watching barn. The doctor picks him up and gives him a little posterior protoplasma stimulation, and it wakes him up right quick, and he goes to squalling. If there's anything the Pentecostal church needs tonight, it's a good old-fashioned gospel spanking to wake him up to a little thing. Get some of the starch out of him. Amen. Someone said, Brother Branham, are you holding a meeting out where people are screaming, and carrying on? I said, Yes, sir. He said, My, don't you think that's fanaticism? I said, No, sir. Reminds me of a farmer one time. He had a, a great, nice farm, nice tractors, everything to farm with, but he's just actually too lazy to farm. That's all. Let his place grow up in weeds. There's another fellow lived over by and didn't have very much of a place to stay in. His barns wasn't too good, but he was really an industrious, smart worker. You got out and planted alfalfa and everything clover. This reminds me of Dave. Some of us has got big churches that hasn't got nothing in it. <laughs> That's right. Sometimes you get a little mission. Sometimes you got a lot more. Than you find some of these big marts around here. It's exactly right. Talk about holler and carrying on, brother. You don't know the first principle of it. Those each in the barn of the farmer with the weeds in his lost to feed. There was a little calf barn, and over on the other side in the old shaggy barn, there was a little calf barn. Well, they both fed through the winter, springtime come out, the farmer that had plenty of food to feed his little calf, he turned him out in a corral, and when he did, he was all fat and round, you know, that spring wind blowing, he felt good. He just kicked his little heels up, and away he went. The man in the big fine, richly polished up barn, throwed his little calf out, poor little fellow so weak, he couldn't hardly move. He staggered out like that over a fine concrete floor, peeped down through the crack and watch that little calf feeling good, kicking up his heels. He said, such fanaticism. <laughs> Mom! What's the matter? He was hungry. He couldn't. Brother, I'll tell you, we may be worshiping here in a cow barn, but brother, we got some spiritual vitamins here. We've had something to eat. That's what makes it kick up the heels and act the way it does. The Holy Spirit. Right? God promised it. And He gave it to us. He said to Abraham that he was going to give him the promise, and Abraham believed God. And God told him, if you'll notice, went on till a hundred years. He was a hundred years old. Sarah was ninety. A little bitty, stoop-shouldered woman. I might say this, that God appeared to him in the name of El Shaddai, the bosom, 17th chapter of, of Genesis. And the name El Shaddai means the bosom. In other words, the breasted one, like the woman. And he said, Abraham, I am your bosom. You may be old, your strength is gone, Sarah's womb is dead, but I am El Shaddai. I am the bosom, the breasted, not one, two, for our salvation and for our healing both. I am the breasted one. Now you just lean up on my promise and nurse, I'll satisfy you like the baby being satisfied and I'll bring you back to your strength again. What a promise for an old man, a hundred years old. Just lean here now and nurse for me, my promise, and I'll bring you back to your strength. Now, I want to pass a little something here. Do you ever read, you know the Bible is wrote, and hid from the eyes of the wise and prudent. you believe that? And be, be revealed to babes such as will learn. Now, he has to be in love with God to know his Bible. You know, he writes between lines. My wife writes me a letter, she says, Dear Billy, I'm sitting here tonight, I love you very much, I'm very lonesome, that's what she's writing, but I read between the lines and I know she means a whole lot more than that, (laughs) see, because I love her. And that's the reason when you read God's Word, if you love him, he reveals the in-between the lines. Notice, when Abraham and Lot separated and God had to destroy Sodom, get rid of Lot as long as Lot hung around... They had trouble. God told him, get thee out from amongst thy kindred and amongst thy people and I'll bless you. And I'm telling you, you can't, God calls for a separation. The world wants mixers. But God wants separators. He wants the people to separate themselves from sin and from the world. Come out from among them. Be separated, saith God. Touch not your unclean things. God calls for separation. Now, what lot sin, folks, hung along All the time, as long as his dad was hanging around, the old fellow was causing trouble. God said, separate yourself from your people. Well, after Lot went out in the well-watered plains of Sodom and become the chief man of the city, thought he was getting along all right, Abraham lived on the barren lands. But Abraham had the promise. I think of that Today. The true believer may have to be in a cow barn or something else, but he's got the promise. What difference does it make? Yes, a or a cottage, why should I care? They're building a palace for me over there. No matter what you have to put up with, miss a few meals and so forth for the kingdom of God's sake, what difference does that make? We're heir of all things. The Bible said we was. This world belongs to us. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. All oh, ours through Jesus Christ. Notice, I hope you get this now. Notice that Abraham sitting up there. The meal bearer will get pretty nearly empty. Lot sitting down there, cross-legged, doing good. His wife longed to all the societies, the guests in the city. All the stitch and soap parties and everything else. But she'd come to love it. But Abraham had to do with just a little bit. But one day, while sitting under his oak, he seen three men coming up. He was a spiritual man, and he realized that that wasn't ordinary men. Though they had dust on them, said they traveled from a far country, yes, all the way from heaven, and come up before him, he washed their feet, slipped in, killed a fatty calf, Sarah made some corn cakes, brought them out, and sat down and eat buttered milk corn cakes. What a dinner they had. And now I want you to notice who was eating. After eating, the angels went on, the two angels went on to Sodom, but the one that stood behind and talked to Abraham and vanished in his sight, Abraham said, I've talked face to face with God. Oh my. Notice, Sarah. When he said, Abraham, you've been faithful, now you're a hundred years old. Sarah's nearly a hundred, but I'm going to visit you according to life. Sarah in the tent listen. And when he said she's going to have the baby and her a hundred years old, really, she put her hand over her mouth and laughed. The angel said, why would she laugh? What would be that estimation here in Los That angel was using me. I want you to notice a little something here for a little something for us older people. You remember when you were first married? And you happen to go down to the altar, some of you brethren, with your wife, and you've seen her, how pretty she looked, her black wavy hair, whatever color it was. Your hair was smooth and, and you had her by the arm, and you married her, you thought how pretty she was, and she looked over how straight she was standing. But today, the, the hair has turned gray, slipping out, stooping shoulders, something's happened. I was talking to a doctor not long ago, and I said, "Doctor." I want to ask you something. You tell me that as I eat food every day, that it turns the blood, blood cells, is life, that I renew my life every day. He said, "That's right." I said, "Why is it I eat the same kind of food I did when I was eighteen? I eat that much food when I was eighteen. I become stronger and bigger, and I'm eating the same kind of food and getting weaker all the time." <laughs> I said, "Why is it? Because God has said it's right." Notice. I think then, I said the other day to my wife, I told me my hair, what I had left. She said, say, Billy, he said, you know, you're getting almost completely bald. I said, I know it, but glory to God, there's not one hair perished. She said, what? I said, not one of them perished. She said, where are they? I said, where was it before they come on my head? It's the same place. God knows where they're at. He'll give them back to me again in the resurrection. Amen. God, when he brings a little baby in this earth. He lets it grow to maturity. He's painting a picture. In his great infant mind, he sees that a young man, a young woman. It's just that it's best. And when they're standing there at their best, then he says, that's right. That's the way I want them in the resurrection. Alright, death, come on. You, mother, you have a great time when you're 22, 23, about time you get 25. You're not the boy you used to be. One morning you wake up and mother says, Dad, you got a gray hair in your head. Dad. You say, well, mother, did you notice some wrinkles were coming under your eyes? What's the matter? Death set in. That's right. God ordained it so. But the only thing that death can do, it'll pull you into this corner and that corner. After a while, it's going to take you. But that's all it can do. In the resurrection, death is destroyed. And what you was at your best, that's what you'll be in the resurrection. God, in his covenant, proved that to Sarah and Abraham. Amen. Now I do feel religious. Notice, watch what he did. There, this may be a little between the lines. So don't get up and go out now. Just wait a few minutes. Let's look between the lines. He told Abraham that he had given the covenant and he was going to, what he was going to do to Abraham and all his seed. Listen, you are Abraham's seed tonight if you have received Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit. They, not only Abraham was he going to do this to, but Abraham was the example. What all he's going to do to Abraham, he was going to do to him and his seed. Abraham brought Isaac through Isaac come Christ, we being dead in Christ take on Abraham's seed and are heirs according to the promise. What you scared about? <laughs> Ain't nothing to worry about. It's all done settled in glory. We're <laughs> wearing. Chopping around from one church to another one, this is right or that's right. Christ is right. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Notice, he said, all right, what he would do to them, save them unconditionally. Now, Abraham was a hundred and Sarah was ninety. God said, now I'm going to show the world, in other words, what I'm going to do to you and to your seed you. That's you and I. All right, notice what he done. He turned Abraham and Sarah from an old man and woman back to a young man and woman. That's still. Mm-hmm. All right. Notice what he did. You say, oh, Brother Branham. Now, wait a minute. Sarah was around a 100 years old. She had absolutely... Abraham's seed was gone. There was no life in them. But he was still nursing from El Shaddai for the seed. Sarah's womb had dried up years ago. She had... Probably fifty years of past the menopause, lived with Abraham, the same man, Abraham, since she was a little girl, and there was no children at all. And her womb was dead, and it's an old woman, nearly a hundred, little shawl over her shoulders, little dust cap on, holding on a stick, like this, an old woman like that, an old great great grandmother, and yet she believed that God was going to give her a baby. Now look. The first thing you scholars will have to remember this. The first thing God had to do, and you'll have to admit it, he had to do something to the womb of Sarah. Is that right? He had to bring a new womb, for that was old and gone. Then in order to do that, I've got a mixed audience. You'd listen to your doctor. I'm your brother. Listen. In order to do that, he'd have to strengthen her heart, because she could not go and labor at a 100 years old. You know that. Now, and another thing he'd have to do, he'd have to put new milk veins because her milk veins was dried up at a 100 years old. God don't patch things up. He just made her a brand new woman. Right. I'll prove it to you by God's Word. Notice, immediately after that promise was given them, Sarah and Abraham, God told Abraham, get up here now. Walk around and see what you got. (laughs) Look this way, far east, west, north, and south. It's all yours. That's what's the trouble tonight with the Pentecostal people. You don't look around and see what you got. You're always saying, Oh, I wonder. I, I wonder if I oh then whether you did he's done done it for you. Walk around, you're possessor of all things. Amen. It all is yours. God will freely give it to you through Jesus Christ. Amen. that will make the devil mad? Notice. Walk around, Abraham, looking over. I can see Abraham say, Honey. Do you know that your shoulders are straightening up? Your hair is becoming black again. Why? She says, Abraham, my Lord, I notice your shoulders are straightening up. Your hands are becoming like a young man again. Think so? Yes. Look, they took a journey, Measure on the map where they was at, and they went down to Greer, about three hundred miles. What a journey for an old couple, don't you think so? <laughs> Walk down to Greer. And not only that, when they got down there, there was a young king down there by the name of Amelie. His was sweetheart. And here come this old great-great-great-great-grandmother down with all those pretty girls around there. And he said, that's the one who I waited for. <laughs> Nonsense. She was a young, beautiful woman again. Like he'll do to every old grandma sitting here tonight. It's in Christ Jesus. In the resurrection, she'll be a new woman again. Hallelujah. That's God's covenant with Abraham and with his seed. You hear know, this old grandma with her, shaking a little stick in her hand like this, you know, walking around. And that young king that go over there said, there's the one I've waited for. She's my sweetheart. I want to marry her. <laughs> yes, that's what he did. He fell in love with her. And it's, go to marry her. Abraham said, you're a fair woman to look upon, hundred years old. Don't use some of this, your manicure you put on your lips or whatever it is. You don't need that. No, no. You don't need that. You need Jesus Christ. He'll put it there permanently one of these days. Hallelujah! That's right. Don't fashion after Hollywood, I hear. Fashion after heaven. That's what you want to do. Oh, my, when I can see Sarah, beautiful young woman, about 30 years old, maybe 25, Abraham 25 or 30, walking around there. Well, it proved proves it. Look, after Sarah died many, many, many years later, he married another woman who had nine boys besides all these girls.
1: <laughs> Amen!
0: We serve a living God who cannot lie. His promise is forever true. Amalek fell in love with her. Now, I don't want to rub this in, brethren, but let me do it just a little bit, see. Talking about holding on. Look, Amalek, I can imagine, go taking his bath and putting on his pajamas and stretching his big feet out on the bed and said, Well, you know, a very good Armenian brother, holiness, see. So he stretched out on the bed and he said, You know, tomorrow, as you'd said his prayer, Tomorrow I marry this beautiful Hebrew girl, hundred years old, and I'll marry her tomorrow and she'll become my wife. And everything will settle down now and the Roman days are over. And God appeared to him and said, You're just as good as a dead man. And that's right. Why? I said, Lord, why? You know the integrity of my heart. He said, you got another man's wife. Why? Well, said, She told me that. Was. Why, didn't Abraham tell me that was his sister? I didn't know it was another man's wife, but that's the reason I know the integrity of your heart. I kept it from sinning against me. Now a righteous man done nothing. But he wasn't the seed of Abraham. He had no promise. He did good man, God fearing man, laying there on his bed. And God refused to hear his prayer. And there Abraham God told him not to leave Palestine. He did anyhow. That's Clinton. Any man does what God tells him not to do, he's a backslider. Not only that, but he was sitting out there lying, and any man would do his wife that way, turn her over to some other man to take to save his own neck. (laughs) Lying, backslidden, and God said, I won't hear your prayer, but that's my prophet. I'll hear him, go let him pray for you. If you don't, everything's going to die. Why? God made his promise unconditional to Abraham. Don't give you permission to sin now. Remember that. But we're trying to kind of get the fear knocked out of you. You're always scared about something. Don't be scared. God has promised. God's got to do it. If you believe it. If you're in the seed of Abraham, someone said to me, like my Baptist friends, you say, What difference does it make? The one that went off into eternal security. They said, What? Well, what? Don't make any difference to me. I'm saved. Glory to God. I can do what I want to. That just shows you're not saved. That's right. That's right. If you're saved, you don't want to do those things. That's right. Those things such as dancing and card parties and playing and sh- bobbing your hair and painting your lips and manicuring your face and all that thing is the attributes of unbelief. That hurts Pentecost, but that's what's good for you, brother. That's right. couldn't walk the old straight and narrow path. It's like a hog going to its water and a dog to its vomit. That's where the Pentecostal church has returned. That's right. Don't hear that many "Amen," but i tell you, brother, it's the honest to goodness truth. you better go back to the path again, do your first works over. Amen. Amen. What the trouble is, the devil landed up here in Hollywood and come through television, stripped off our women, and done everything that was ungodly to be done. And people call it all right. Brother, if you're born again, the Spirit of God will bear a record of them things are wrong. You know that's true. Here come your rain, scatter scattering, or whatever it was and call it liberation of women, and everything like that. It's a disgrace. It's the works of the devil. Amen. You ain't gonna love me after tonight. But brother, when I meet your judgment bar, I'm gonna be clean of the thing. That's one thing, sure. I'm gonna tell you the truth about it. Amen. The word amen means so be it. I can see Amlek then go out, a good man. Go to Abraham, take him some offerings, and Abraham prayed, and God opened the womb of everything Amalek had. God blessed him. Now, to the covenant. I'm taking too much time, I'm sure. But just a moment, to the covenant. God said, Abraham said, Lord, now listen real close to you unbelievers. Lord, how will I know? I'm going back to the covenant now. How will I know that you will do this for me? God told Abraham, said, come out here and bring me a, a, a she-goat and a... A heifer of three years old and some turtle doves and come out here and I'll show you and give you the covenant. Show you what I'm going to do for you. So he takes Abraham out and he took the, the animals and split them in half and laid them out and then he took the turtle doves and throw them in whole. Wish we had a little more time to deal on that. Look, why did he split the tur- everything but the turtle doves? Why did he split everything but the doves and the young pigeons. Anyone knows, anybody knows that knows the Bible that the dove was a offering for sickness. God split his covenant, his his law from grace and divided it. Did he do it? Law was one time, grace is now. You were saved by the law, then you're saved by grace now. So God split the heifer and the the sheep and so forth, he split that open. But the turtle doves and pigeons he threw in whole, showing that this never has God's covenant changed about healing. He was the healer of the Old Testament. He's the healer of the New Testament. All the same. He did not separate them. They're inseparable. I'm the Lord that healeth thee. Notice, we have a little more time to dwell on it. Maybe you can when I come back. Notice this. Then he told Abraham... He said, now, he calls a deep sleep to come upon Abraham. In other words, Abraham, you haven't got nothing to do with this. I am going to do it. So Abraham went to sleep out of the picture. And then while Abraham was asleep, he looked, and there come a smoking furnace before him. Every sinner do and should go to hell. And then... First thing was a horrible darkness, death, then a smoking furnace, hell. But beyond that went a little white light. I want you to notice, God was showing Abraham Calvary. What he was going to confirm this covenant between Abraham and Abraham's seed forever. All this very night, it's just as good now as it was then. And this little white light, which was God, went before Abraham through death, through hell, and come up between these sacrifices, went right between each split place. God showing Abraham Calvary. Abraham, he didn't say, if you'll do this or if you'll do that. He showed him what he was going to do for him and his seed entry. And we are Abraham's seed. The turtle doves is laying there for the healing, salvation. Now, in the Old Testament, first, man made covenants. So the covenant is Japan. The way they make a covenant, they make a covenant with each other, then they get a little bit of salt and sprinkle it on one, the other throws it back on the other. That's a covenant. We in America, when we make a covenant, we reach out and shake one of those hands and say, shake on it. That's a covenant. But in the Testament times, in Abraham's time, The way that man made a covenant, he killed a beast and split it open and taken the covenant and walked up and wrote the covenant out, what it was, then tore it in two, one taking one piece and one another. When they come together, those pieces had to dovetail, just like that. And they took an oath. If they broke that covenant, may their body be like the dead body of this beast that was laying under them. What a beautiful picture of God making his covenant with the church. When Jesus Christ went to Calvary, who was God Emmanuel, God ripped him apart at Calvary, tore the covenant in two, tucked the body up to his right hand, and sent the Holy Ghost back on the church. And the same Spirit with on Jesus Christ is in the church today. And the same Holy Ghost that was back there has to be the same Holy Ghost when we come together, making Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And today, we have the same baptism that they had on Pentecost when our part of the covenant was so back. you believe that? We speak with tongues like they did. We prophesy like they did. We shout like they did. We praise God like they did. We have signs and wonders and miracles just like they did. God's unconditional covenant with the Pentecostal church. Amen. There you are. What you scared about then? Every divine promise in the book belongs to you, and you're an heir to it. Amen. There you are. See, the covenant was soaring too. God tore Christ into you believe that? He took his body up and set him on his right hand side and sent the Spirit back to direct the church in the resurrection power. And that Jesus said the same things that I do shall you also, for the same spirit was in him on the church. And that church has come down through the age. And here it is tonight. Jesus was made fun of, criticized. He saw visions, told the people the secrets of their heart, criticized. That same spirit's on his church night. It was on Peter, on Paul, on all the Pentecostal brethren. They did signs and wonders. Jesus Christ spoke in tongues. The church spoke in tongues. Jesus Christ saw vision. The church saw vision. And tonight they're criticized and made fun of. But what is it? It's Abraham's seed, God's unconditional covenant, give to the people. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. (laughs) Amen. By God's grace, I am one of them. I'm so happy that he let me see these things, my brethren. That I see that God... Now, the only thing it is that Abraham seed here, not because of your choice, but because of God's election, God chose you before the foundation of the world and knew that this meeting would be sitting right here tonight. Before there ever was a star in heaven, God knew this meeting would be here tonight. That's exactly right. That's my father. I'm his son. You're his sons and daughters. That's our father. The devil's put these afflictions on you tonight. He has no legal rights to do that. He's only doing it because of our unbelief permits him to do it. We have all things in Christ Jesus, and know we own it. Right now we're sons and daughters of God, and the seeds of Abraham, with an unconditional covenant, with the power of the Holy Ghost, with the resurrection of Christ, with signs and wonders and miracles working in the church. Hallelujah. Brother, I'm telling you, he's a liar, and he's afraid of the Word of God, and he's afraid of the power of God. Amen. I used to sing the old-time religion. I said the old-time Holy Spirit, the devil won't go near it. That's the reason people fear it, but it's good enough for me. Amen. That's right. People say that people are crazy. The reason they are, they haven't got the mind of the world anymore. they got the mind of Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You're secured, anchored away. He that heareth my words, believeth on him and sent me, hath everlasting life. When? Right now. And shall not come into condemnation, but pass from death to life. Believe this. you believe with all your heart? Shall we pray? Father, hours are passing. I ask Thee to be merciful now unto this audience, bless those who are to be prayed for. With all the simplicity of heart, I ask You, Lord, to heal the sick tonight, forgive us of our sins, and take all this fear of the devil. It's putting upon the people, trying to make them think that some other age or some other time or, or tomorrow It's now, Lord. Now thou hast did this for thy people. And may the cripple walk, may the blind see, may the deaf hear, may demons be cast out. May the church become an illuminated ball of power of the Holy Ghost, that covenant church with God, the Holy Spirit that was in Jesus Christ upon his church doing signs and wonders, the same thing he did. Said we would do also, and we see it tonight. And I pray that you'll send your blessings now and heal us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you will, to the piano. And where's Billy? What, what card? F. How many? All right. We're going to pray for the sick now. And it's. A, I'm a little late, but I, I want you to get this in your mind now. What are you? Seed of Abraham. Is that right? The faith that Abraham, seed is in his, uh, Abraham had is in his children, his seed. Is that right? How are you, Abraham's seed? By being dead in Christ, you take on Abraham's seed and are heirs according to the promise. How many is dead in Christ tonight? Let's see your hands. Dead in Christ. You're Abraham's seed then. Now, have you got Abraham's faith? If you haven't, then you're not Abraham's seed. Abraham's seed produces Abraham's faith. And Abraham, no matter what the conditions was, Abraham was strong in God giving praise to him. He staggered not the promise of God through unbelief. We're not tonight, are we? Or our righteousness comes through Jesus Christ. If he comes tonight, Christian friends, to you newcomers, I'm not a divine healer. I'm your brother. There is no divine healers. God is the healer. Jesus Christ never even promised to be the healer. He said, it's not me that doeth the works; it's my Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Is that right? Yes. Now, he doesn't claim to be the healer. He said his Father was the healer. Now, and he said, when he went to the people, he knew what was in their hearts. He called them out of the audience to what was wrong with them. Thy faith has saved thee from the blood issue, and thy faith has saved thee from the blind eyes. And he knew, perceived their thoughts, talked to a woman at the well. He said, a little while till he caught her spirit, said, go get your husband. She said, "I have none." I said, "You got five. She said, "I perceive that you are a, a prophet. We know that Messiah's coming. Tell us all things." When Philip got converted, went and got Nathaniel, and Nathaniel said, "Could anything good come out of a Nazareth?" And Philip found him praying under a tree. So he said, "Come see." So he come around the hillside and down to the city and up on the other hill. There was Jesus. Jesus, perhaps, standing praying for the sick his custom of. When Philip walked up and Nathaniel. Jesus looked over to see Nathaniel and said, Behold, an Israelite in whom there is no guile. In other words, a believer, a righteous man. And that astonished, he said, Well, how would you know me, Rabbi? He said, Before Philip called you, when you was under the tree, I saw you. He said, Thou art the Son of God. You're the King of Israel. But the Pharisees, the religious people of that day said, He's Beelzebub, the chief of the fortune tellers. Well, they still think the same thing, but he's still the Son of God. Jesus said, These things that I do shall you also, even more than this, for I go to my Father. You believe that tonight to be the truth? May the Lord bless you. Was that G or F? F. Let's take one to twenty-five then, or fifty, or I don't care how many. Who's got F? Prayer card F1. Raise your hand. Prayer card F1. Did you say F? Yeah. At One? All right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 15, 20, 25. Uh, it doesn't make a difference how many of that stands in the rest of you with numbers now. If you're you'll be called maybe a little later on, maybe tomorrow, everybody will be prayed for. F one to F twenty five, if you will. All right. Now we'll stand down first. We get so many in the line that we we can not uh pray for all of them and just a minute. That's your father, young man. You believe me to be God's servant? There's a light hanging there now. I see a water flying. That man's a returned missionary. He's been in some, it's a Greece. He returned from Greece. He had leukemia in the eyes, didn't he? Lay your hand over on him and let's pray. Lord God, creator of heavens and earth, open the eyes of that blind man. May he go out of here tonight to seeing. Through Jesus Christ's name, I said. Amen. God bless you, Dad. Turn around and put your arms around your son there. God bless you. Now. Don't fear. Your sight's coming to you. You can see even now. I see in the vision. You can see the lights. Put your hands up towards the light. Raise your hands up and point up there. Point shoulders around where the lights are. If you can see the lights, wave your hands like that back and forth. Wave your hands. So look up towards your life. God's giving you your sight. Can you see around now? Say praise Lord. Walk on up here. That's all right. Just go ahead and walk around the place. God's with you. There you are. There he is. Let's say praise be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit of God is here to give sight to the blind. Your sight will come all right, my brother. Don't you fear or wear. Let's bow our hands. Heavenly Father, we thank thee for thy loving grace and kindness and mercy. Send I care upon this man who was staggering through the darkness, and now, by the grace of God, is walking around in the building. We thank thee, Father, for all these kind things that thou hast done. And now may your Spirit ever remain, and bless them, and keep them. And may everyone in here see, and take heed, and believe with all their hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing praise the Lord, everybody. God bless you, Dan. Your eyes will come all right. Don't worry. It just takes that disease that's broke forth, the devil's blessing. He can see you now, brother. See? He's... Right. God bless you. There he is. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. There he goes by you. feet. Let's praise the Lord, everybody. Let's give praise and glory.
1: Now, you say, Brother Phantom,
0: did you do that? No, sir. I had nothing to do with it. Jesus Christ showed what he was. All right. Let's be seated, everybody. And bring your patience, if you will. Have faith in God now, don't doubt, believe with all your heart. Isn't that strange, the Holy Spirit come here before we got started in the prayer line? got arthritis, haven't you, lady, arthritis of the spine. <laughs> you're a Catholic by faith, <laughs> but Jesus Christ make you well if you'll only believe him. Have faith in him. Believe and you shall receive what you've asked for. What you praying about, her lady? You've got an unsaved husband sitting there, haven't you? You want God to... That's right. God bless you. <laughs> You'll have your request, sister. You won't have to be Catholic no more now. You go confess and praise God and give him all praise and glory and get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. How do you do? Now, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I take every spirit in this building, never person under my control for His glory. Be reverent. Don't move. Set still. I suppose we're strangers to each other, ladies. I do not know you do them. But God knows both of us, doesn't He? Do you believe that the Lord Jesus Christ can reveal to me what you're here for? And if He will, will you believe that I have told the truth? That He has risen from the dead? And if we're standing talking, it's like Jesus and the woman at the well. And he talked to her a little while. I believe it was to catch her spirit. And then he told her where her trouble was. If God, knowing that we don't know each other, and if God will tell me what your trouble is, will you believe for, or whatever you're here for, I do not know. God knows. But you'll accept Jesus, won't you? You are a Christian. Because your spirit feels welcome. You're conscious that something's going on. It's the angel of the Lord standing near you. I see something happen. It's an accident, and a person drove away from you. There's an automobile struck you, hurt your wrist, and wrenches your back. That's right. Backs up and hits you and run away from you. Go home. You're going to be well in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Go bleeding now. Leave it. Have faith in God. Don't doubt. You're conscious, young man, that something's going on. We're strangers to each other, I suppose. Was you Mexican or Spanish? But Jesus Christ knows us both. What if he was standing here tonight with the clothes on that he gave me? If you're sick, he couldn't heal you because he's already done it. But he might do something that cause you had more faith in him. I say now that you're not from this country, you're from somewhere else. You're suffering with something in your side, it's a pleurisy, and you also have TB, and you just come from a clinic, and you're from a place where it's got a great big hotel that said Westward Hole, Adams Streets, and, oh, it's Phoenix, Arizona, and you're a minister of the gospel. You're over here to be healed. You're going back home to be well. Your faith has healed you. In the name of Jesus Christ, may my brother be. Healed. God bless you, brother. Go now. Don't fear. Have faith. Have faith in God. Believe. Now, our Lord Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. Do you believe that? And he said, The things that I do shall you also. And he's here to do that tonight and is doing it. You can call it what you want to. That's up to you and God. See? But I know who I have believed and persuaded is able to keep that which has been committed to him against the day. How do you do, sir? Suppose we're strangers to each other. I see that you're an usher by your badge. You're an usher in this meeting. Do you believe me to be his servant? What do you think about these things that's been going on? Do you believe it come from God? With all your heart. Yes. You're from a place called Compton or something like that. And you got a growth in your left side. You're nervous. You're the son of a minister. you got a wife that's got a bad ear. You're going to get well. Come here. Almighty God, we give thee praise and bless this man in the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, for his healing. Amen. There those things are right. And if Almighty God, realize how you feel, but the God of heaven who knows what was in your life will know what will be. Is that right? You go being happy. Everything will be all right for you. Please don't move around. You realize evil spirits is moving in the building when they go out of these people? And they go from one to another. How do you do, lady? Come just a little closer, if you will. Are we strangers to each other? I do not know you, do I? Never have seen you in my life. Know nothing about you. We're just strangers this met here. But Almighty God knows both of us, doesn't he? Now to the audience. Here's a woman, perfect stranger. Never seen her in my life. Know nothing of her. But the woman right now is aware that something has taken place. Isn't that right, lady? Now, if the Holy Spirit, if Jesus Christ was standing here talking to her, he'd speak to her a minute, and what the Father showed him, he'd tell her. Is that right? Lady, you believe that God heals you of that rheumatism man, sitting out on the end of the road? Yes. You believe it? Something. It left you. God bless you. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. There's the evil spirit. Black wings flashing around. He knows this time it's epilepsy. That lady sitting right there is hanging right over. Yes, lady. Stand up on your feet. Satan, in the name of Jesus Christ, you're exposed. Come out of the woman. In the name of the Lord Jesus, God bless you. You believe? your trouble's in your throat, you've got something like a a bronchial trouble, only it's I see you're vomiting up, it's blood, you're vomiting blood. You've been to a doctor, he's wanted to operate on you, but he don't know what it is. It would be best for me not to tell you, but if you believe Jesus Christ, you won't even need the operation. You believe it? Come here. kind heavenly Father, to this woman who could hemorrhage to death in any minute, I pray thee to be merciful unto her. And I'll rebuke this demon that's did this evil to her. And I said, These signs shall follow them that believe. And while the anointing of the Holy Spirit is on your servant, I'll lay my unprofitable hands upon her in the name of Jesus Christ and condemn this disease. Come out of her through Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Amen. Go ahead now, rejoicing, happy, and be well. You believe, lady. your back, a kidney trouble. You got someone else you're thinking about, it's a child, a little grandchild, and it's got an impediment of speech, something wrong with his speech. You're not from here, New Mexico, where you come from. You want to go back well? Believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is standing here to make you well, do you believe it? Heavenly Father, lay hands upon the woman in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and condemn this disease. May she go and be made whole. Amen. God bless you. Yes. Go rejoice and sure. Amen. Do you believe with all your heart? What do you think that is now? You're aware that it's there. You believe it to be the Lord Jesus Christ, not your brother then you can be helped. I do not know you, lady. You know that. I'm a total stranger to you, and you are to me. But Jesus Christ has noticed both through our... As long as we've lived, he's noticed, is that right? You're suffering with a stomach trouble, and that's an ulcer in the stomach. There's a table standing before us, and you're moving back. Certain things you can't eat because of the ulcer. You've got a son. He's got the same thing. You've got a sister that's got a stroke, and your son and your sister are in West Virginia. That's right. You believe that God's gonna make them well now. Heal you and make you well. Bow your head, Heavenly Father. I pray that in Jesus Christ's name, the Son of God, may the demon leave, and may she go out of here happy, rejoicing, and, and being made well. Amen. Go rejoice now. Say thank you, Lord Jesus, and get well. The sitting there with the white hat on looking at me. You got liver trouble, haven't you? Yes, ma'am. He heard your prayer then. You're going home to be well. It's left you. It's starting cirrhosis of the liver, but you're healed now. Your faith's made you whole. God bless you. While you're sitting down, Mother, just being healed, the lady sitting next to you there is suffering with a nervous trouble. She wants to be healed. too. So you lay your hands over on her. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you'll heal her and make her well for your glory. Amen. God bless you, sister. Satan's been dealing with you and making you nervous, telling you cross the separating line and everything like that. He's lied. You're going home to be well. The darkness has all left you now. You can go home and be made well. God bless you. Right out over here, there's a woman and a man sitting there. They're husband and wife, and one of them has eye trouble and the other has arthritis. Jesus Christ heals you both. Stand up on your feet. God has made you well. Your faith has saved you. Amen. Only have faith and believe. The Lord Jesus Christ heals all manner of sickness, all manner of diseases. Little lady, there, with your handkerchief up to your face, sitting there praying. You have back trouble, don't you, sitting right out there on the end? That's right. Use your handkerchief. He healed you then. You can go home now and be made well. Mm -hmm. God bless you. A little lady sitting next to you has an asthmatic condition. She wants to get over too. Isn't that right, lady? If you believe it with all your heart, you can be made well. God bless you. Let's go. God bless you. They're sitting right behind there is a mother and a son. That is right. They're praying also to God. God hears your prayer. Gallbladder trouble, an asthmatic for the child. Stand up on your feet. Accept your healing. Jesus Christ makes you both well. You can go home. God be with you and help you. Have faith in God. Are you the patient lady? You believe with all your heart? You believe he'd make you well if I'd asked him? You've had a trouble having an accident. Mm-hmm. Automobile accident. It calls a bag of water. It's on the knee, isn't it? Your husband's got something wrong with his blood. He's anemia, isn't he? Now, you believe you're standing in his presence? Go and be made well, through Jesus Christ's name. Mm -hmm. Amen. God bless you. You believe? You believe that Jesus of Nazareth healed you sitting there? He did it. Amen. Now go off rejoicing. Be made happy. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray that you will heal the person this handship represents. Send it in Jesus' name for the purpose. Amen. You believe our Heavenly Father could heal you of heart trouble, make you well, and make you a new man? Stand here just a minute, sir. How many have got heart trouble in the building? Stand up on your feet right now. If you had this pain, let's stand right here just a minute. Come, lady. You believe that is a bad thing, but our Lord Jesus Christ can heal it. Do you believe that? With all your heart? Stand right here just a minute. Everybody with diabetes, stand up. Bring them in. You believe? You never go blind. You believe? Every person's bothered with your eyes. Stand up and stand right here, just a minute. I show you the glory of God. Stand right here with me just a minute, Mother. Come, lady. You believe? Friend? You do? You believe God can let me know what's wrong with you? You accept your healing? You're Spanish. You accept your healing if I tell you? you got stomach trouble. Stand right here just a minute. Everybody's stomach trouble. Stand up just a minute. Arthritis things is nothing for God to heal. He can make them well. Do you believe that? Stand right here just a minute. Now arthritis cases, hold your peace just a minute. Lady, that stretcher, you know you've got to believe or die. Cancer eating you up, but Jesus Christ can heal you. You believe it? You, sir, laying there, you have also malignant growth in the leg, but you believe, and God will make you well. You won't have to go in that stretcher tonight. You can go home well. You believe it? Almighty God, to these people standing here now, demons are exposed. This audience is standing at all. You're now ready to heal. I pray that every demon in here will be subject to thy power, and I cast every one of them away in the name of Jesus Christ. Grant it, Father. May these people know that you're here to make well. Now, lady, you in the top, get on your feet. Jesus Christ makes you well. You do the same thing, young men. Come out, let's In the name of Jesus Christ. Every one of you, raise your hands and give God praise. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus, the Son of God. Cast out every evil power and may Jesus Christ be oh. supremely in this, who is Jesus.